Devin Booker opens, Chris Paul closes. It's been a pretty good recipe for the Phoenix Suns lately. 43 for Devin Booker, 21 for Chris Paul, and another win over the Utah Jazz by eight on the road, covering, getting that eighth straight, and we'll talk about all of it right away on Locked on Suns. Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a contributor at suns.com, as well as Dime Magazine and a credentialed Suns media member for the past five seasons. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen each and every day. We are growing the YouTube channel. Thank you for finding us there and subscribing. We are, of course, available on every single podcast platform as well, and we are free. The best way to keep us that way is to listen and to subscribe. So tell your friends, tell your family, tell the Suns fan in your life to come spread the love and subscribe to the show if they have not already. 105 to 97, the Suns win their eighth straight game. Chris Paul and Devin Booker combined for 64 points, 16 rebounds, and nine assists. That duo has kicked it into another gear lately and If that's a taste of things to come, well, it will be a great rest of the season. And that's where we have to start. We'll get into some of the late game stuff. We'll get into the rotation. We'll get into all of the usual tricks. But what I think has to be addressed first and foremost is exactly what I said to start the show. The the duo, the the and not even just the the production or the box score numbers of the backcourt here but the way that they are sustaining great play for 48 minutes and in this one you had Booker with 21 points in the first quarter I believe 33 or 35 through three quarters and then he actually did hit his own fair share of shots late but it was Chris Paul running the offense to perfection late in this game, talk about the semantics of that uh, to close the show. I have a, a nice way to address the defensive breakdowns on the part of the Jazz, but just generally speaking, the fact that the Suns can get that out of their two best players and have it not miss a beat is pretty incredible. Um Booker early on, I mean, he was just in his bag. I mean, in in that zone from the mid-range where nobody's really able to do much about it. He's drawing fouls. He's getting to lefty floaters. He's pump faking and getting players off balance on the opposition and, and just creating openings for himself in a way that really nobody can. I mean, he is such a throwback and vintage type of player. We all know that by now, but these types of nights, I mean, he's had two of them in a row, basically. If you if you throw out that fourth quarter on Monday where he really couldn't hit the backboard at all, let alone make some shots, it felt like, um, he's just been in, in a real zone. And then you have Chris Paul who can roll the ball out in the fourth quarter and just engineer great uh, possessions time after time after time. And it's it's a luxury that not a lot of teams have. That's exactly what Monty Williams called it on Monday post game, which is, look, having a player like Chris to close games is just a luxury. Um, 
in this game. The Suns were plus 18 in Booker's 40 minutes. They won this game by eight, which means that during the eight minutes the Booker was not in the game, the Suns were a minus uh, 10. So that should tell you quite a bit about the value that he had tonight and the way that he lifted the offense. There were, uh, in the second quarter especially, 11 points in just that it, it, alone in that second quarter, just 11. So Booker, of course, tends to sit for a lot of that. Without him, they did not have much until the fourth quarter when Paul was able to pick up his own level of aggressiveness. They were just on another level in this game. And it didn't really seem to matter what defense the Jazz threw at them. You know, the the Jazz, as I talked about on Monday, kind of poking fun at Hassan Whiteside a little bit, they like to be in that deep drop. But without the personnel to defend at the point of attack, it's just not much... It doesn't defer much. It doesn't, you know, make a great player like Booker or Paul second guess what they're doing much at all. And and yes, Mike Conley was back in this game. Royce O'Neal was back in this game. But those guys, I mean, I hate to break it to them, I guess, or, or Jazz fans, but the level of perimeter defense is still a major issue for this team. And it continues to be why this matchup just does not scare me if I'm the Suns. These guys, Booker and Paul, are able to sustain this type of offensive punch, and this the Jazz can do nothing about it. I mean, that's just the reality. Even if they had switched or blitzed or any of those things, I think they would have had an incredibly hard time executing it. That's part of why they have to stay with their usual scheme, because they don't have the personnel to switch. They don't have the personnel to blitz with their big man. It's just that drop, and, and you're giving the best pull-up shooting tandem in the NBA, potentially, space to do exactly what they want to do, and, and they did so tonight. Again, 64, 16, and 9 combined for those two. They're both playing nearly 40 minutes and winning games, and that's the bottom line. 38 and 9, this team is now, and uh, not showing any signs of letting up. Minnesota on Friday, but there's more to get to in this game. We'll talk about the de- the defense on how the Jazz tried to stop things late. We'll talk about Jordan Clarkson, Hacka Biombo. There's a lot to get to. First, though, Bet Online, wishing you a happy new betting year as they continue through the NFL playoffs and into the NBA stretch run. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in the new year. They also, to celebrate 2022, have a new updated desktop and mobile website. So, Go to betonline.ag on the web or download that app. Sign up today and use the promo code Locked On when you do, when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus straight to your account. From football and basketball to hockey, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers in the new year at Bet Online. Bet online remains the fastest and easiest way to make a bet on any sport. Bet online where the game starts. So no DeAndre Ayton as he nurses that right ankle sprain. And as I mentioned yesterday, heading into this one, JaVale McGee listed as out as well with left knee soreness. So we'll see if that lingers for him. But As I predicted, as any reasonable person would have predicted, what we ended up seeing as a result was a heavy dose of Bismack Biombo in that starting lineup. And then 
Jalen Smith off the bench at the five spot, who I will actually say, we'll get into the Biombo thing because I think that's pretty interesting here long term, but Jalen Smith played pretty well. He had a, you know, Eric Pascal got one on him early, and then he had two blocks in the first quarter on layups where he was able to really recover at the rim. I think some of that is just teams feeling like they can test him and him surprising guys, but also, I mean, there's something to be said for the awareness and the athleticism that that takes. That's no easy thing to do, especially for a guy who's still feeling his way around the NBA. He also was able to get the offensive glass like he often does and was better than 50% from the field. So a strong game from him, but the real decisive moments came when Biombo was on the floor late in this game. He checked in about four or so minutes left, if I'm remembering things correctly, a little too late in my opinion, but maybe Monty Williams knew something that I did not and and predicted correctly that the Jazz with with Biombo out there, one of historically, you know, one of the worst free throw shooters in the league, they opted to hack him. And the results were mixed, to say the least. So Monty was probably right to expect that that might happen. But at the same time, uh, the Jazz could not execute it. So the first possession down the floor, Jordan Clarkson shoves Biombo while Chris Paul still has the ball at the top of the arc. Biombo down around the dunker spot at that sort of extended post area. And Jordan Clarkson fouls him. Well, that is not allowed. Clarkson learned that the hard way. It didn't seem like either he knew that rule or or just had the mind, the mind fart for a second and did the foul. And so what ends up happening in that moment is two free throws and the ball back. So the Suns were able to take full advantage there, extend their lead, and uh, make Clarkson and the Jazz pay for it. The next time down the floor, though, they had an actual pick and roll where Booker, I believe it was, um, they set like a stack screen with Bridges and Biombo. Bridges flared out and Booker tried to go downhill around the Biombo screen. Bojan Bogdanovic fouls Biombo and I believe he made one of two or both. He, he definitely did not go 0 for 2 there. It didn't really matter at that point unless he had missed both and then even with that you're still looking at an uphill climb for the Jazz. So That Clarkson mistake really screwed them. And of course, you know, just the offensive execution that the Suns were able to put forth iced the game. It was was done by then. But long term, I do think this is interesting because it's going to crop up in the playoffs for sure. When teams have a, a long runway to plan for this matchup, they're going to isolate the fact that Biombo is a liability at the line and they're going to make him take free throws. So what I think that th- that reality begs the question is, will Monty trust Biombo to actually play minutes in the postseason? And yes, we know Frank Kaminsky, whatever happens there, he he is likely to have a shot to be back in time to, to play in the playoffs. Dario Saric, probably a little bit less likely, but not completely impossible. Jalen Smith, whether he's on the roster, or frankly, whether Saric is on the roster. I think that there. Are, what I'm saying is there are a lot of plans that would be A, B, C, D, maybe before Biombo 
even would step foot onto the court because he's gotten a lot of time lately, but that's a little bit misleading. DeAndre Ayton had COVID. Then he has had this ankle injury. JaVale McGee has missed some time. So that has created this opening. But I think for this reason and the fact that there's other better options on the roster, I think that Biombo will be, you know, the fourth, third or fourth center on this roster when the playoffs come around. You know, people have said, oh, well, you know, the Giannis thing, like, well, Aiton had to worry about his fouls. Like, if you were in a situation in an NBA Finals matchup where Bismack Biombo is is guarding and checking Giannis Antetokounmpo in a big moment, I think you've already lost the game or or lost that battle at the very least. So Biombo is great at what he does. I've highlighted the the short roll passing that we've all noticed and his energy on the glass, especially as an offensive rebounder as much, uh, is incredibly helpful for this team. He's gotten the athleticism stuff that I, I frankly didn't necessarily realize that he still would be capable of in terms of blocking shots, finishing at the rim. His free throw shooting has not been a complete nightmare like you might have worried and he's just been a really strong piece of this team I think he's fit in seamlessly but that said I do just think this hack of Biombo was sort of a reminder that he is a limited player he is somebody who is great as an insurance policy but is not somebody who in the past you know really since he was in Toronto has been part of great playoff teams and you know There is a reason why he has those limitations and they're firmly there. So he is somebody who has frankly probably contributed multiple wins to this Suns team already. He has incredible qualities as a role player that make him an innings eating type of big man in the regular season. But I don't think that this marriage is going to last into the postseason. And if it does, I think that the Suns will 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 get a lot of these types of things thrown at them and, and they might regret it. So not to, to dump rain on any of this and uh, and and rain on the parade at all, but I do just think there has to be a level set with with this type of, of situation where he has been so great and, and there are just some things that might hold him back going forward. I want to talk about some of the other defensive stuff from the Jazz. I also want to talk about um, Jordan Clarkson, who for the second straight game poured in points and almost made this... A little bit of a scare for the Sun. So we'll get to all of that in just a sec. First, though, one more quick break. So I talked in that last segment about the Hackabiombo strategy by the Utah Jazz, how it worked, how it didn't work, why it was kind of too late, and what it tells us about the future of the big man rotation for the Suns once DeAndre Ayton and JaVale McGee return. But One of the other parts of this whole thing for the Suns and, you know, how they match up against this team, what we might see going forward in terms of how opponents guard Chris Paul and Devin Booker was how the Suns were able to get Mike Conley off of Chris Paul because that was a key We knew the return of Conley was going to change this game. He's been nowhere near the all-star caliber guy he was the first half of last season, but obviously he is a big improvement over the younger Trent Forrest and some of the other guys who were getting playing time, Jared Butler, on Monday night. So when clutch time arrived, the Suns made a concerted effort to get Conley off of Chris Paul and the way that they did that, which 
Mark Jackson was right on top of on the broadcast, so if you were watching the game, you heard this highlighted, uh, is that they set an initial screen for Cam- uh, by Cameron Johnson. He set an initial screen way up high. That basically set the stage for Bogdanovich to then be the one guarding Chris Paul, and then the Suns transitioned into the actual pick and roll where Biombo set a high screen, and it was Bogdanovich who basically had to try to get over it and, and navigate that screen. What predictably happened is that Paul got a, a, a several um, open mid-range jumpers or even a layup at one point. And then even after the Jazz tried to adjust by doing a quick, basically, re-switch, they were able to get an open three for Cam Johnson out of that. And at the end of the day, it didn't much matter. And I think some of that is the reality. Again, the Jazz do not have the personnel to keep up with the Suns, but it is also something where it's a continuation of what we've seen all season long. We've seen transition drag screens where where Chris Paul is able to just fly down the court and, and somebody will pick his man off. We've seen some of this early screening stuff, almost like LeBron will do, where he will call over the player who he wants to screen for him to get a bad or, or at least worse defender on him, a mismatch on him. And then from there, maybe he'll isolate or maybe he will call for a more traditional pick and roll with the big man. And those things are all done. I mean, frankly, to be to be blunt, straightforward with you guys about it. I mean, those are being done because of the scare that Patrick Beverly, but especially Drew Holiday, put into the hearts and minds of, of the Suns. I mean, I think there's no really way other than that to say it. We saw the way that Beverly, but again, I, I will I will stick to, for the most part, Holiday, were able to just hound Paul. And it not only resulted in a worse performance by him, but also injury and, and physical deterioration. So these things are all new little wrinkles where, look, is Drew Holiday going to be surprised to see one more screen if they meet again in the NBA Finals? Is... Gary Payton Jr., for instance, on the Warriors going to be thrown off by the idea that one more screen is headed his way or that there's a transition guy standing in his way in transition. No, of course not. It's not reinventing the wheel, but it's just little things. And that's all it will take because, again, as excruciating as it may have been at times to watch Drew Holiday do that or Patrick Beverly do that to the Suns and have the point god be limited yet again in the playoffs, it it didn't, at the end of the day, the Suns won two games before it ever started to be a factor. They They had a chance in the fourth quarter of game six. They had a chance in the fourth quarter of game five. Like, little things, a little bit more health, a little bit more effectiveness from your best players can be the difference. And so I think that, coupled with, the fact that Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, those guys can do a little bit more in those spots now. All of that, I think, is going to create a better situation and a little bit more for the defense to be aware of so that maybe Chris Paul, you know, just dribbling the ball is not such a nightmare like it has been. So just a little bit thing of a, of a thing to add to what Mark Jackson was highlighting there late in that game uh, because it, it will matter. But that also, that also brings us to 
I'm not, this might be a, a, a first in the history of this podcast. I'm adding, well, first of all, I only just recently, just on Monday, brought back the Facundo Compazzo all-star team. And I will have to say, because I, I think if I'm going to bring it back, there's going to be too many guys to add. So we'll retire last year's additions. So that means Willie Cauley-Stein and Facundo Compazzo. Those, and uh, I think that's it. I think those are the only two that I can for sure remember. I'm sure there might have been others, but those are the two that I know for a fact were in there. Those guys are retired. They are Hall of Famers in that team now. So that gives us two more spots here because I'm already adding another jazz player to this team and I think you know where I'm going here Boyan Bogdanovich you have been bestowed with the honor of being part of the Facundo Compazzo All-Stars you could not defend Chris Paul in space for the life of you and the team lost you also shot three of 13 from the field I get it was your first game back but you know these are the breaks you might have to play the Suns in the playoffs and if so let's just hope that your team doesn't have to count on you defending Chris Paul in space. Because it did not go well. It will not go well going forward. And it was as predictable as anything that happened in this game. So, Whiteside on Monday, Bogdanovich on Tuesday, or on Wednesday. We will uh, we'll monitor. And I won't be so gratuitous with giving spots out from that team so easily. But look, this, uh, this, this got ugly this week. You gave Chris Paul, a guy who was perfectly content to take eight shots in a game at times this year... He's, he went off for 20-plus in two of two games against uh, a, a conference, I mean, a, a, frankly, like a, a conference contending op- rival at this point. Like, you got to be better. Okay, uh, that's that. Let's close out here with um, something that I'm going to unveil. Another new closing recap segment here, which is Monty's Mind. I think that's that's workshop. I'm not positive on it, but I think that's what I'll call it, Monty's Mind. And look, this is a pretty, I will will be very reserved with how often I go to this segment, but uh, that's mostly because I am the last person to be criticizing or um, getting inside the mind of an NBA head coach. But sometimes things are glaring, and while I may not know the exact perfect explanation for what could have or should have been different, I can at least acknowledge what happened in reality, which is in this case that uh, they needed to do something different against Jordan Clarkson. Um, Far too often you had Chris Paul, and this was true on Monday at times as well, to be honest. You cannot have Chris Paul defending somebody who is quicker than him, is twitchier than him and who is as hot as Clarkson got. I mean, honestly, rule number one here is just change something when a player is scoring like that. I understand you don't want to overreact, but when Clarkson makes three threes in the first you know, few minutes of the fourth quarter when he checks in, you've got to do something about that. You just have to change something. Second of all, you don't want the guy that you're leaving out there on an island to be your, you know, late 30s offensive fulcrum. You don't want that either. Uh, you have Mikael Bridges out there. They did eventually make that switch and, and make a concerted effort to make sure Bridges was guarding Clarkson, and he went away quietly after that. But you even saw Clarkson burning Cam Johnson. Honestly, I would say, you know, Booker is an option in those types of moments, as we saw to close out the game on Monday. Bridges is obviously always going to be 
the guy. I know that in this type of matchup, though, you want Bridges out there against Conley or you want him out there against Bogdanovich potentially in certain moments. So Clarkson, it, you, it takes a couple possessions to react, and I get that. But in this game, with how solid his defense was, I don't think it's necessarily crazy to put a guy like Alfred Payton out there for a possession or two just to just to react, just to fight fire with fire. And look, it didn't end up mattering. It didn't end up swinging the game in a dramatic way. It made things a little closer than the Suns might have liked, just like we saw on Monday, but it didn't result in a loss. So you can't complain too much. Maybe it's not worth, again, that overreaction of putting Peyton in or really changing and scrambling your defensive strategy from the jump. But I do think you have to just you have to try something. And Peyton, if, if he's not out there for that, then what is he out there for? We saw Monty do it at times with Javon Carter, with Torrey Craig, with other players. So I think at the very least, while Cameron Payne recovers from this wrist injury for the next week or two, you got to be willing to try stuff like that. Peyton is a really strong offensive, uh, I'm sorry, isolation defense uh, defender. Like he really is. He can guard a pick and roll. He can guard a straight up ISO and he will do a really good job at that. So guy like Clarkson, you got to try stuff. You got to make sure that he doesn't make it a little bit too close for comfort or heaven forbid, turn it into an actual win for the Jazz. So uh, Monty's mind, we'll, we'll come back to that one. When I feel comfortable doing it, do not expect it to be an every night occurrence. I'm not that type of analyst by any means. I'm not going to sit here and criticize the coach every night, but that one did stick out to me. And, and it does matter long-term too, because Clarkson's not the last guy the Suns will see like that. That'll close us out, guys. Closing out the full week tomorrow with Aaron Edwards of All Caps NBA for our weekly check-in with Aaron. We'll see what comes up between the two of us. Might talk a little jazz. Might talk a little James Jones. We'll see. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen, though. Tonight, after the buzzer, Thursday morning, whenever you are getting to it now, go make Locked On Bets your second listen today, and get ready for NFL Wildcard Weekend. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly... Everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.